when our uh, eldest daughter was three months old, uh, my girlfriend and I took her with us on a trip to Scotland to tour the country and also to go to a family reunion for my girlfriend's family. And we had arranged to have uh, a rental car when we arrived in Glasgow. And um, I uh, was aware, of course, that they drive on the opposite side of the road from what I'm used to in the UK. But I have to admit, I hadn't really considered all of the repercussions of that. Um, I just, I think I just thought I had to remember to stay on the left side of the road and not drift over to where I'm more comfortable. Um, but I, it gets more complicated. As I, I, I found, as we first arrived at our rental car, and I noticed right away that the steering wheel was on the right-hand side of the car, which I hadn't expected. And because we had uh, reserved a manual transmission, that meant that I was going to have to learn how to shift with my left hand uh, for the first time ever. So uh, obviously that takes some getting used to. And just by virtue of being on the other side of the car while driving, it really messed with my perception of where the exterior of that vehicle existed in space. So like right off the bat, we're hitting quite a few curbs. Um, and that's, that's causing some stress inside the car. Um, but I'm also just kind of like white knuckle gripping that steering wheel because I feel like we're going we're gonna to clip the passing, the oncoming traffic on the right side of the car. or We're going to scrape up against one of these stone walls on the left side of the car because the, the driving lanes in these medieval cities of Glasgow and Edinburgh are, are really too narrow for my comfort. Another aspect of, of driving in Scotland, of course, is that they have a lot of roundabouts. Um, though, in my estimation, round is kind of a misnomer. I mean, they could be any number of shapes. They're often oblong ovals or kidney shapes, and, and they'll have you know, five or six or seven exits sprouting off in every direction. And then right before you get to the roundabout, there'll be a big sign with a map, and all of the exits are labeled. So I would be squinting at that sign as we're getting close, and I'm trying to find the street I want to get to, so I'm, I'm plotting my exit from this roundabout. And then right before we're launched into it, I would be like, oh, shit, we're going around this thing clockwise, not counterclockwise. And I would have... <laughs> so that, that would totally change the plan. And I, I would miss my exit, and we were, we were repeatedly getting lost. No GPS. Um, but after the first few days, we, we got out of the big cities and we got out into the countryside. And um, I was getting more comfortable with driving. The roads were a lot more manageable. And, uh, and things were really kind of looking up and feeling a little more casual. And so uh, we headed to the family reunion and where we spent a week in rural Scotland. And I got to meet a lot of my girlfriend's extended family. Um, we toured a lot of the local sites, and we, we collaborated on wonderful feasts. We played a lot of cards. We drank a lot of single malt scotch whiskey. It was, uh, it was a beautiful week. Uh, I'll always remember it. At the end of that week, we had to return to Glasgow to catch our flight home. And uh, we also offered to give my girlfriend's father a ride with us because he also had to get to Glasgow. Our flight, however, on our way back to Alaska, we were going to stop in Iceland for a few days. And uh, we had a secret plan to get married while we were there. Um, we had made arrangements with a magistrate in Reykjavik to marry us. Um, and we hadn't told, we had told virtually nobody. We had not, in particular, we had not told our parents. Um, so it was kind of our top secret plan. Um, so on this drive back to Glasgow, it's about a six-hour drive, as I recall. And um, I'm driving. My girlfriend and our daughter... Uh, three-month-old daughter are in the back seat, and my girlfriend's father is in the front with me in the passenger side. And um, 
uh, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm working really hard to make a good impression on this man because um, I actually don't know him that well. I haven't met him that many times. Um, I have a young child with his daughter. We're not married. I don't really know how he feels about that. So um, I'm very engaged in the conversation. I'm paying a lot of attention. And I miss a speed limit sign as we're entering a village um, on, the, on the highway. And I see two police officers standing on the right side of the road. And one of them's holding up a radar gun. And the other one is motioning that we should pull over onto the left side of the road. So we do. We pull over right opposite of them. They cross the road, and I roll down the driver's side window, and, and they give me a pretty stern lecture about how we're driving way too fast uh, in a village where there are likely to be children running around. And they tell me that they're going to write me a speeding ticket. And so I ask, uh, how can I pay? How will I be able to pay the speeding limit? Is there a speeding ticket? Is there an option to pay online? Uh, can I call and pay with a credit card? Well, no. Apparently, at that time, the only option was to show up at the municipal office and pay the ticket in person, which was a problem because this day was a Saturday. Our flight to Iceland was on a Sunday, and the municipal office didn't open until Monday, which happened to be the same day that we were scheduled to get married in Reykjavik. But I couldn't really raise this issue with the police officers because it was a secret from my girlfriend's father who was sitting right next to me. About this time, our daughter, who is in the back seat, she's been crying. The, her, her cries kind of reach a new level, a new volume, a new level of intensity. And, and I, I don't really know what else to do. So I accept the ticket, and I get out of the car right there to check on her. And we realize right away that um, she needs a diaper change. So the police officers go back over the side of the road to continue um, what they're doing. And we pop open the trunk of the car and make a makeshift changing table there in the back. And um, quickly I realize that this is, this is no ordinary diaper change. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is an epic blowout. This is, this is a personal best. Um, for my daughter. The, the poop has escaped out of the back of her diaper with such force that it has gone all the way up her back. It has completely destroyed her onesie. It has escaped the neck hole and has gotten into the hair on the back of her head. So we're, we're digging through our luggage, trying to find a change of clothes, and um, I've got dozens of wipes. I'm trying to contain the biohazard. Uh, mess from, from contaminating the rental car, which we're about to return. Um, uh, my daughter is still crying her head off. She's still very unhappy. My girlfriend is obviously visibly upset because she is aware that what has just happened is potentially risking our appointment on Monday to get married uh, because we don't want to leave Scotland with a ticket on the books because we want to come back someday and we don't know really how that's going to play out. So just kind of all in all, this is a really bad situation. Everything seems terrible. And all of a sudden, I, I feel a tap on the back of my shoulder. And I turn around, and, and the police officer has come back to our side of the road. And he wants to see the ticket that he's just written me. So I'm, I'm like, my hands are kind of full here, man. But OK. And I, I get my girlfriend's father to pass it back from the front of the car. And I hand it to him. And he, he rips it in half. And in my memory, there's this moment of silence. And I look at him, and he looks at me, and he says, ah. Dealing with the wee barren is punishment enough. 